Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Grassroots Roundtable Podcast. This is a podcast that's simply a discussion between a couple of local church leaders. Today, we're going to be talking about goodness, as in, oh my goodness. And we'll get to that in just a few minutes. In the meantime, I'm the A-game, Adam Bailey, an elder grassroots church here in a very soggy, dreary Greenbrier Valley of West Virginia. I'm joined by the main, him, main man himself, lead elder grassroots church, Darren Cherry, who just took what looked like a very satisfying slurp of coffee. Is there ever a non-satisfying slurp of coffee? I guess if you get some crappy coffee. Yeah, if it gets lukewarm and room temperature. I down it just because I, I can't bring myself to waste coffee. Oh, I throw it out. But, I, yeah, it's, it's not very good. But, no, this was good. This was good. Well, happy uh, Wednesday morning, Darren. Happy first episode in the spring. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yay, spring. I lost my bet about the ice melting. I'm still waiting on that beverage. We'll get there. We will get there. Spring break. We're probably just going to combine all these things, all these bets we've made into one day. Yeah, and just blow it out. Use the theater for a movie, bring some wings. I will make up my loss. You know, just put it all in one. Rip rip that band-aid off quickly. We can do it. Yeah, first one in spring, and I had an idea. So you realize this is episode 87. Yeah. So we have 12 more episodes, and then it's the 100th episode. Correct. So Kelly's sister, who listens to the podcast. Hi, Mallory. Hey, Mallory. um, Said, hey, I got behind. Did the ladies podcast ever record? And we're like, you know, we never got that done. How much better? How much better? That works. Would it be, instead of people hearing us for that 100th episode, we finally get the ladies on here, we get them to record, we make sure that somebody who's knowledgeable in the system is actually here to make sure it's recording. How, may, may I make a counterproposal? Okay. Look, you know me, I'm, I'm 20, 21st century man up here, so instead of getting them to do it, maybe we'll just ask them to. <laughs> Required. Look at me. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get the the listeners on my side. See what I did there, listener. But I, I just I mean, say they kind of have to. If we say, so. no, I'm kidding. There. Our listeners want it. They're going to be blessed by it. What a way to celebrate is to have our wives on here to sing our praises and to mm. uh, speak the goodness of who we are. How lucky they are. Yes. How blessed they are. And our listeners would be lucky for that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> They would just, uh, you know, the lady listeners would want to marry guys like us, even if they're already married. I'd like to think so. And, you know, same same true but opposite for some guys that are listening and be like, man, I want that. I want that type of intimate, Jesus-centered relationship with a person of a different sex in marriage. Correct. I actually think it's a good idea. And you know why we have to do it now, Darren? Because you mentioned it on the podcast. Yep. <laughs> I kind of got to now. now I got the bag. Now, We've got time because that's 13 weeks away. So that's like the ladies' cast. Hey, listener, it's our treat to you. For 100th episode, Darren and I won't talk. You're welcome, listener. Oh, also, since we're on here and it's just that day, happy 20th anniversary to my wife. Happy anniversary to the cherries. Yeah, 20 years today. 20 years. Your marriage is almost old enough to... uh, Buy beverage. Almost. It's crazy. Almost. We and it's funny because 20 years today, and we're looking, you know, our oldest graduates this year. 
Uh, we're getting the other one. I took Gavin in to apply for a job yesterday, and he's looking to get his learners, and we have another teenager in the house, and and then we have a first grader. <laughs> so we've still got some years ahead of us. Got some miles left on you? Yeah, yeah. Got any advice for younger couples? So I always give this advice um, because I think it's it's not particular to any one relationship. It covers all. It is super cheesy. I always tell people it's super cheesy. So a lot of people want to treat marriage like it's a trophy. Okay. Hey, here's our marriage. And they put it on a shelf and they go, see our marriage. We did it. Like we won. We we got the marriage. And maybe every once in a while, if they're, you know, spring cleaning, they'll kind of, you know, dust it, maybe even shine it a little bit and go, hey, our marriage. Um, when marriage is more like a plant where it's there, uh, it's beautiful, but it's alive, it's active, it needs. It's like a Venus flytrap. And your aspirations, your independence is the fly. I'm kidding. <laughs> keep Brutal. going, Darren. Brutal. Keep going, keep going. Uh, and it needs sunlight, it needs water, it needs air, it needs nutrients. Um, every once in a while, for the good of the plant, especially in a house, uh, you need to put it in new soil. So it's like we need to work on our marriages. And so a lot of people want to act like it's a trophy. It's more like a plant. That's super cheesy, but that's always the advice I give. Hmm. That's pretty good advice. Um, I'm sure our listeners appreciated that. I know I did. The, the Venus flytrap analogy, though, is for bad marriages. When is your anniversary? July 13th. Okay, that'll be how many years? Nine. Nine. Okay. So next July, I'm going to buy you a Venus flytrap. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to give it to Jesse and go, because I know she doesn't listen. Dude, don't don't put us on that platform. Just give me one of those sticky strips. I know. <laughs> <laughs> one of the fly strips that hangs from the ceiling. It doesn't need to be pretty. Doesn't We don't need a shiny trophy for a marriage as long as it does the job. And that's the thing. Whenever you're talking about that, it makes you wonder how many people engage in their marriage. Sorry, I got hair in my mouth. Give me a second here. I can't get it. I'm back in there somewhere. Got, and I know it's not yours, and that's what's concerning. But, but, <laughs> I haven't been around anybody else. I think I got it. I, oh, don't, well. think I, I don't think I did anything. This is making for great content, y'all. Yeah, I know sorry. y'all are loving this right if now. If this was a video podcast, you all would just I cringe. Sponsors would have taken hey, us news. off the air. I got that random piece of hair out of my mouth. Hey, here Probably we go. Probably came from my beard. So My beard, I accidentally let it grow back out. Accidentally? Yeah, because I've been using what works well for my face is the uh, Philips Norelco electric shaver. Yeah, I like that a lot. But I've been using it for a year without changing the, the uh, razors inside of it. And since it's an electric shaver, you, have to, you know, have to go online, order the razors, then figure out like how to open it. I mean, it won't take long, but it is a little bit of work, and I keep pushing it off. So it's like yeah, I don't have my razor working to efficiency. I'll just not shave. Dude, you're like, mine looks like this on purpose. I'm not shaving. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, does your does yours like attract random hair floating around? Like, not really. If you hug Kelly, you get you pull back from the hug. Well, there's the key. Like I don't hair. hug. I don't hug Kelly. Oh darn. So I don't want uh, her hair on me. Yeah, and you are not a girl dad anyway. Hugging like one of the kids. Now like, I got ah, everywhere. You got a really good point there, Rowan. Come flopping on you and cuddling and stuff. I don't do that with my boys. And Ruthie's getting hair, and I got a golden retriever. Anyway, my beard is like a hair magnet for other people, other people's hair, except mine. 
You're radiant. You're glowing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where were we? Everywhere you go, I just want to put a wooden wall behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Does everybody know the real reason behind the stage? Anyway. Uh, no, we, we were talking about we were talking about marriages. It makes me wonder how many, even Christian couples, act out their marriage with social expectations, and that's what they consider success. Be oh. like, as long as people look in at us, our household, our marriage, and it hits like you know checks off all these boxes, we made it. I appreciate advice from you know friends and family who know me and Jesse, but I'm so like as long as Jesse is happy in her marriage and I'm happy in her marriage. It'll look whatever it looks like. I, you know, it's like trying not to meet society's expectations for what a traditional marriage should look like and just be biblical in your marriage and enjoy it. Enjoy your marriage. So that's why I'm sorry I use the Venus flytrap. No, it's I, I'm with you that so many people put forth a picture of a good marriage instead of actually, number one, working for a good marriage. Uh, and number two, being real with people where they can be poured into mm-hmm. uh, for the sake of their marriage. That's why I was so excited for our marriage night this year uh, here at Grassroots, man. We had way more couples sign up than I thought we were going to. Um, you know, I almost had to – well, my original place was to have it in Theater 2 on the GSM Oaks platform, and we had to move it out to the lobby, and I almost had to move it away from there. Um, it so. was great. We – had a good time before, after, a lot of fun all the way around. We're going to be talking about good stuff, so this kind of plays in absolutely to our talk about topic about goodness. But I want to talk about something bad real, real quick. I'm gonna, I got to call somebody out. We're going to talk about badness. Badness. Hey, listener, anybody who's listening, don't know who you are, where you're from, what your name is, but I know you love me. I'm like Backstreet Boys, there. It is a sin to use the last piece of toilet paper on a roll and not fill it out. Even if you're, like, do something about it. Tell a host at a restaurant. If you use the last piece of toilet paper, tell somebody about it. Came here earlier to the theater, going to record a podcast, feeling good. Someone left me hanging in the bathroom. In the adult bathroom. Yep. Shame on you, listener. So here, here's what I'm putting forth for everybody. This will enhance, this will make you a better neighbor. We're making this an 11th commandment. 11th commandment. If you... Two things, if you use the last piece of toilet paper, you have responsibility for replacing the roll. Period. I don't, no, no excuses. Unless you don't have any in the house, in which case you probably should plan better, communicate better in your household. So that's one. Two, if you take the trash out, you, trash taker outer, are the one person responsible for putting the bag, the lining, back in the can. Hold on. Is, is this a problem at your house? No. It's okay. a problem... In the restaurant industry, it's a problem with... Why, do you, you've ever... No, that drives me nuts. That drives me nuts, too. Like, Listen, the toilet paper thing, I, I get it sometimes. Like, I get it. Because the garbage, I mean, I'll forget. I'll take the garbage but out. But you take <clears> out the trash, and you don't put another bag back in? Like, because we forget every now and then, but don't assume that your roommates or your spouse or your ki- whomever, whoever you live with, don't assume that they're going to put the trash... Put the bag in there if you take the garbage out. So that's like... Next thing I know, I gotta pick up Lucky Charms out of the bottom of a trash can. So I feel like that's the same as like I'm gonna sweep a room and then leave the pile that I swept up, like in the middle of the room, oh, or gross. I'm gross. gonna vacuum and leave the vacuum in the middle of the floor. You know, but, I, it, like can I tell you another thing I've been doing and this is bad because you know trash can only has so much space. Putting stuff around the trash can, <laughs> like a box. I'm like whenever the bag gets full, 
I will then like take the lining out of the can and put the box in the liner because it won't fit in the can. No, that's we. Uh, Is that so okay? One of our boys. Every every one of our boys have a responsibility in the house. And one of our boys is to take out the trash. Now, he's really good about when he takes the bag out, before he even takes the trash out to the can, he puts a new bag in the can. Like, he's really good now, about that. who is that. this? I'm going to... James. 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 Way to go, man. Jemima does it. He does a great job. But Kelly had to kind of remind him and train him, and he's doing a good job of it lately. You don't just take the trash out, but you take out what's sitting next to the trash out. Yeah, that's <laughs> we a, do the same thing. Uh, what the boxes don't fit, and then the, some of the, you know, like a pizza box has a tendency to just poke a hole in the lining. Well, it takes up so much room. It, it you does. have to take the trash out sooner. And I mean, you could burn the boxes, but then you have to accumulate a bunch of boxes because you don't want to burn sporadically. That's what I do. Just burn them. Yeah, I have the little solo stove, and so I always say I'm going to go burn uh, some cardboard and tobacco leaves. Mm. If we can get to a place where present us, like present you, Darren, present James, if you're listening, tries to set future us up, like present Adam needs to set future Adam up for success. You know, that's why I invested in a good toothbrush. True. I want present me to get future me's back. So when I look back, I think, thank you, me. <sighs> I got you there. Y'all are welcome. That was a longer rant than we've been doing lately. Sorry, I'm a bit pent up there. Yeah. Was it a good rant? So you you do this often on the podcast. I'm glad you do as you say, hey, listener, give us feedback. We have been getting so much feedback from people. Good feedback? We're actually a lot of good feedback. It's been great. Like, we appreciate people. Uh, a few weeks ago, you asked about, is it a TikTok video or just a TikTok? We got feedback on that. Thank, Thank you, Ellie. You. And Sarah, Sarah Marr, also and Sarah. double-checking on us with some younger folk. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. Sarah's always giving us feedback on stuff. Um, of course, uh, Angie told us that we should never uh, do a coffee fast. Um, I agree, Angie. Ellen just gave us feedback on medication. See, I have... We had to read that like twice because I was reading through. It, I was like, "Why is she talking?" Oh, because yeah. we did sorcerer. Ah, yeah. So we we and then Larry's always giving us good feedback. My wife talks to me because my wife listens. Unlike somebody else's wife, I don't know who I'm talking about there. My but wife has to listen to an hour of David Platt a week. Like that's her big thing. So I'd rather her listen to an hour of David Platt on the Book of Revelation than me. Yeah, like he and holds you anything talking on about us. toilet paper. But, you know, in our defense, if everybody did do that, way to set us up in the future. Anyway. But I'm saying I, I really appreciate the feedback. And one is just because we do get answers to our questions. But then, two, it's like, oh, cool, you listen. Like, it's an encouragement. Yeah, it's a nice little community. And we're, we're working on things to kind of solidify that and kind of grow hey, it. Hey, we got things some in things the works. The... We're just trying to figure out how to That's exciting. commit time yeah. to it. But we always say, I always say that. I float ideas because I'm an idea guy. I'm not a do it type of guy. <laughs> I'm good in theory, but in practice, not not great a lot of times. But yeah, thank you, thank you all for the feedback. And even with you know church leadership, you, Mark, and I, the elders, we've been contacting everybody that's in Covenant Community. And you know the best thing about that so far? I wasn't really expecting this. You might be able to relate. But just knowing generally where Covenant Community members, where Covenant Community, where those folks are in their faith, like just... I feel like I know now better where Grassroots is as a church because of that outreach, that contact, than ever before. 
Like, I feel like I know the identity of the church and I know where where folks are at, and that's kind of cool. But I, vice I versa. That. But vice versa, I think they feel more connected to you and Mark. I think because of myself as, you know, the, the church planter and then the lead elder, uh, the one that's up front teaching most of the time, you know, people make it, it makes it easy for people to look to me as the contact for everything. Um, but you and Mark stepping up in so many ways this year as y'all have, um, even the deacons stepping up in the way that they have, uh, has broadened the leadership in the minds of the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I love it. Uh, I love hearing it. And I do have to say, I want to, I want to say this cause you and Mark, um, and then myself in following up with the covenant community, we've gotten ideas. Cause one of the questions we're asking is, do you have any ideas for the church? What do you think about the direction we're going? That type of thing. And I, I, I just have this default position. Somebody will give us an idea, and my immediate response is always, why that's a bad idea, and I don't want to have to deal with it. And part of that is because typically it's something we're not doing. And so you take it personal. We're going to have to start doing something. And I'm like, I don't want to have to fool with that. It's my laziness. That's what I'm saying. It's my laziness. Okay. Okay. But uh, for instance... You know, Larry, Debbie, appreciate y'all, all your work in the church. Hardly a person in the church I respect more than, than the Bowmans. And they wanted to do kids' events. And my first thought was, I don't want to do kids' events. And it's because I don't want to do kids' events. But they were like, we're going to plan one for Easter. And I'm like, that's awesome. I love to hear that. And so if anybody ever comes up to me with an idea please do not take my first response <laughs> as what's going to take place because I always go and think about it and the Lord does the work in my heart and I'm like, ah, oh, you're right, you're right. Okay, okay, okay. And so I've appreciated the feedback uh, from the Covenant community as well. I got to tell make, make of this what you will, Darren. I don't think I've ever put forth an idea that you made me feel bad about. I cannot think of a single time. Maybe I don't come up with ideas. Maybe I don't pay attention. It's just because you can't read my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes, son of a gun. No, okay, good. Making us good. have to do stuff. I, I personally disagree with what you're saying. I have not experienced that. But then again, or somebody like, you're, you're very encouraging to our listeners. Listeners, give us compliments back at grassrootswv.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Call us. Seriously, call. Like, talk to me on the phone. I, I would love, listener, if you called me, I'll talk to you for 20 minutes. You feeling kind of lonely, feeling down? I, hey, let's call me. Listener, me. if you call me and your name's in my phone, I'll answer. If your name's not my phone, you better leave oh, a voicemail. Yeah. Leave a voicemail, I'll call you back. Yep. On that good stuff. Yeah. Darren, you ready to talk about goodness? Why are we talking about goodness? Well, we're talking about goodness because it is a fruit, a byproduct of the Spirit when someone comes to accepting Jesus Christ, believing in Jesus Christ, mm, which accepting is, Him for who He is. Which is different than spiritual gifts, how? No, nah, I mean, spiritual gifts are, you know, things you're given, like abilities, mm. superpower, no, abilities to edify, to serve, build others up. They are given supernaturally. Yeah, but this is more of a... A character change, mm. an, an inside-out type of change. The uh, fruit of the Spirit is not something you do per se. It includes who you are at its core, as opposed to the desires of the flesh, which are just human nature, bad stuff. If we live outside of Christ, outside of the Holy Spirit, 
uh, we fall captive. We're enslaved to uh, enmity. We're enslaved to impurity. We're enslaved to jealousy and strife and all those things. But turning away from that, repenting of that, and just believing in Jesus, accepting the Holy Spirit through us, good fruit will be produced, fruit of the Spirit, such as love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, and today, goodness. Goodness. Found in Galatians 5.22. Yeah, uh, Paul talks about if goodness. we are not in Christ, then we are, we're born slaves to sin. Okay, we have no power against it. Um, and so when we are uh, regenerated, we are made new through faith in Jesus, uh, work on the cross, and we are changed from the inside out. Uh, our hearts are changed, and so things on the outside should begin to change. And um, so, yeah, good fruit, good stuff. Good fruit, good stuff. <laughs> hey, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, it's been a good one. Yeah, Darren, uh, any final thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, do, I do. One of the things I love about expository preaching which is what we do here. We go, we take um, entire books of the Bible, uh, or coming up, we're going to do the Lord's Prayer over the summer uh, into the fall. And we go verse by verse uh, in shorter passages, like phrase by phrase, sometimes word by word. And one thing that I do like about that is um, next Sunday, I already know what I'm preaching. I'm taking the next few chapters. I think I'm taking 11, 12, and 13. We're in Samson. You and I in the next, not this coming Sunday, but the following two Sundays. Yeah, we're hanging out with Samson. We're covering Samson in two weeks. And so I already know what I'm preaching. I have enjoyed this podcast. Uh, I love the topics that we've had, but I've really enjoyed this series because... This series, the podcast series? The Spirit v. Flesh series. Okay. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this series because it's like I already know... Next week, we're going to talk about a work of the flesh, and then the week after, a work of the Spirit. Yeah, and talk about feedback. We looked at the numbers last week. Whenever we talk about the flesh, we get way more listens than when we talk about the Spirit, which is so telling. You said if it bleeds, it leads, but <laughs> you know, we can talk about sexual immorality, like about 50 listens. Talk about patience. Patience, like five people. Not, not five, a little bit more than that, which is weird to me, but... Yeah, like, like I, would, <laughs> I would like to hear from our listeners, uh, when you listened to the sorcery series, like pod last week, was it what you thought it was going to be? Like, or, or were like, did, did you learn something in that? I'd love to and, hear from you know, somebody. I feel like that's the case with so much of what we're talking about. Even today, we're talking about goodness. And here's where people's mind go to automatically. Ev well, Western civilization, I should say. So the United States, Europe, those folk. Canada. Yeah, Canada, <laughs> Australia, places in Asia. Uh, here. I started losing my, I lost my train of thought. We're talking about goodness, right? What most, do people think? most people in the West would say most people are good. Mm. Darren, how would you respond to someone that's not a Christian, has no faith, they were... Sorry, I punched my mic, and it, if it made a weird sound, listener, that's what happened. I got my finger wrapped up in the cord. Really fired He's up today. He's that animated today. I'm that animated. What's going on? Uh, yeah, the way I typically respond to that is, and, and you, you know how I feel if you've listened to me preach or 
if you've talked to me for any length of time, I don't like mic drop moments. Um, people try to shut people down in, in one sentence, two sentences, you know, destroy an atheist in five minutes or less. And I, I don't like that. Um, but the response I always have uh, feels like a mic drop moment, but it is a, a leading question that trying to uh, dive into a deeper conversation. Whenever somebody says, hey, deep down, we're all good. I, I always respond with define good. That's always my response is define good. Which they'll be like, well, I do work hard. I do show up on Sunday mornings to church. Or maybe I don't go to church, but I do believe in God. And, and if you're good enough, you can just squeak by and get into heaven when you die. I think that's where a lot of people fall. And, and you know, sadly, a lot of professing evangelical Christians probably fall into that more than what they would think. I preached a sermon a few months ago on goodness, because we're talking about the gospel, and I was tasked with preaching on answering the question, what does the gospel require of us? Mm. And I went to... You did really good on that, by the way. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so y'all can check it out if you're listening. It should be on the website or on YouTube. It's on our... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Was that two... No, that wasn't two weeks ago. That was way back. No, this is like December, second week of December, I think. Yeah, you're... Because Jesus... Uh, it's traveling to Jerusalem, rich, run, young, ugh, rich, young ruler comes rich, up to him. Rich, young ruler. It's like, hey, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Which is really what everybody would say. To, honestly, if Jesus was in the flesh today, most Americans would be like, hey, good, awesome guy. What do I got to do to live forever? And then Jesus proceeds to tell him, why are you calling me good? A.K. like, you don't even know me. And don't you know that there's only one that's good? and that is God. Only God the Father is good. So there are different ways of looking at good, because we see good, we can apply it. And I think the analogy I used was a good plate of wings. That's different than, you know, seeing somebody grow and mature in the church and seeing good fruit produce. That's a, that's a different. The word good has much more weight to it. And the way that Jesus uses the word good in his response was uh, the translation. I know that the name Agatha comes from it. I'm not going to try to pronounce the, the Greek, but I'm just going to call it Agatha good. Agath Agathos is the, group, the root you, word. Mr. Sem Seminary man over there. I just looked it I'm up. just going to call it Agatha, which is virtuous, good through and through. It means there is nothing bad with it. Imagine that. Imagine owning a, an object that's just good through and through, 100%. The problem is there are no objects like that, and there are no people that are through and through 100% good. There's only one source of that through and through good, and that is God. I called it God good. Yep. So I, I do think it would be accurate if you go through the list of the fruit of the Spirit. Instead of good, call it godly. Are you a good husband? Well, better question, are you a godly husband? What that does, because um, I'll just – I know you're going to get these questions right, which – I know it puts pressure on you, but because we've talked about it enough, I know oh, you're going to get them right. Lest you assume too much of me. Here we go. When somebody wants to, because you said, hey, as long as you're good outweighs your bad. Pretty much. Or I have more good than I do bad, so I'm in. How do they judge that? What do they do? They look at what they've done compared to other people. Okay. So when we compare ourselves to other people... Are we going to compare ourselves to Mother Teresa? Or are we going to compare ourselves to the 
people in prison for child rape and murder and mm. drug, you know, dealers and, you know, Hitler, Stalin, all yeah, those, like all we're those guys. gonna we're gonna stack ourselves up against somebody we know we beat. Um, when I play basketball, I have hit the age. My favorite way to play basketball is four on four half court pig. Well, yeah. Um, to, to shoot with just me, um, <laughs> playing pig with yourself. <laughs> but it, I love four and four half court, and it's because uh, typically it's more competitive. There's not as much running, <laughs> and and so I like it. But when I was younger, one of my favorite ways to play was four on five full court. When I was the four, when I was on the team with four, because if you lose, you can always go, "Hey, y'all had five, we didn't." But if you win, it's like you just. You have to play that much harder and, and work that much more. But I could always point to, well, we had one less. Well, you know, And I would compare myself in that way. When we compare ourselves with other people, we're always going to stack ourselves up against people we know we can beat. And I've always said that. Like, if you're going to pick a fight with somebody, make sure they're bigger than you because it's win-win. They beat the snot out of you. Well, they're bigger, and that's what's expected. Uh, you beat the snot out of them. Hey, this uh, you this look guy's good either way. Trifled with. Pick a fight with the bigger guy. So kids, teens, if you're listening, <laughs> swing at the big guys. No, don't pick on the smaller guys. But that's what. Well, and, I mean, <laughs> don't don't, we, don't fight. Don't fight. Don't take. Well, me yeah, don't you fight. But, but it it does go to the point that you know bullies typically pick on the weaker people because they know they can dominate them. Okay, and so when when you look at it, that's why Scripture says that. Our good works stacked up to God, and his goodness is nasty rags. We'll leave it at that. It's, it's something to be thrown out. It's something that's not worth anything. It's not redeemable. Get rid of it. So if you were to, I think most people, this is safe to say, that if they were to self-evaluate their quote-unquote goodness on a scale of 0 to 100, 100 being perfect, so 100 is Jesus. 100 is Jesus, and zero is Satan. Is Satan, zero Obviously. goodness. Where do you think Hitler would fall in that? Like two oh, or three? Gosh. Pretty is bad. he that high? One. Tick up from Satan. Yeah, he's 10 or less. Yeah, no doubt. Anyway, uh, most people no, mo- I, most people like, I would say 70. I'm like a 70. Yeah, what they're going to do is they're going at, at, to put themselves at at least 51. But because that's going to be the goodness just outweighs the bad. Isn't it sad if people try to live their lives that way, too? It's miserable. Oh, man. Be- oh, gosh, Darren. Sorry, getting excited here. Reading through Romans, my favorite book for the moment. <laughs> uh, Romans, I don't know if it's six or six. Romans six, yeah, is broken up into two different sections. The first is no longer a slave to sin. And then chapter seven starts out slave to righteousness. Mm. We will be enslaved to something. Something will control us. If we try to control ourselves, we're not, look, on that, on that list, we're not very high at all. Um, we're not Satan, but we're, we're not very high, especially in light of Jesus's perfection and goodness. He does, he's not even 100. He's way beyond that, incomprehensibly just good and righteous. Are you looking up the, the Romans? Well, I'm, I'm going to Galatians. Okay, but it just blows my mind. It's like we will give ourselves up. We'll submit to something. By submitting ourselves to God, faithfully obeying His commands, loving Him, loving Jesus, loving others the way we should, 
you can't it's that that's so freeing and and that's why I was looking up Galatians cuz Galatians 5:22 says uh or I'm sorry Galatians 5:21 says the end of the list which we're going to get to it says things like these I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And we see in other scripture where it says these works lead to death. Okay? And they Separation. enslave you. You yeah. cannot stop. You're enslaved. However, the works of the Spirit lead us to life. And when we're enslaved to Christ, because here's the thing. Nobody likes to be thinking. Nobody likes to think about enslavement. Obviously, especially in our country, you know, you talk about slavery. It's it's a it's a very divisive topic, and and so it should be. But when we think about being enslaved, we you know why would God want to enslave us? It's like, listen, you're either enslaved to sin, which leads to death and eternal separation from God, or you're enslaved to righteousness and who God is and His goodness and His mercy and His grace, and it leads to life and eternity with him. And imagine, so in the kingdom, whenever Jesus comes back, everything is fulfilled, everything's perfect, there is no suffering. There's no capacity for not good. Everything's just good. Mm. So no matter what you engage in, no matter what action you do, it's just good. There are no negative consequences. You don't hurt anybody, even with the best intentions. Like, you don't have to it's just fulfilled, that struggle. And we feel it now. There is a war going on in each of us, good versus bad, spirit versus flesh. You can feel, feel it, it all the every time. Day. I love it. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel like there's a uh, battle going on inside of us. And that's gives us something to look forward to, knowing that that will end. The suffering and the pain, all that will end. But knowing that you can act one day when that happens in any way, and only good will come from that. There's no pain. There's no suffering. So whenever you act, when you're in the spirit, you believe in Jesus, receive the Spirit, loving God, obeying His commands, loving others, like walking in the Spirit of God. There's so much freedom in that. It's almost like this, and I think about this. So glorify body. I don't know 100% what my, it'll be like Jesus. Jesus ascends, Jesus is resurrected. He's on this earth for upwards of 40 days. And yes, he's got a physical body, but it's also a spiritual body. It's a glorified body with characteristics that are mind-blowing and powerful. So if we in the resurrection are like that, that's a lot of responsibility. And if some, and if anybody evil inherits that, think about how much damage they can cause. But if somebody is in that glorified type of spiritual body state as Jesus, and you can't do anything wrong, it's like, well, what are you going to do? It's like, well, maybe I'll just worship. Like, there's no wrong... No matter what you do, it's just good. There's no suffering. Or, or put it another way, because I, I pray all. I've been praying this for many nine, ten years. It's like I want to lead my house well. I want to love Jesse as much as much as I can, even more every day. And I want to be a, as good of a dad as I can every single day. I don't care. I care about money, but I, I'm not motivated by it at all. Um, and things like that. And I've been working through, like, worrying about what people think of me and stuff like that. But I pretty much push that to the side. It's hopeless. To where my motivation, I just want to follow God's commands and love and serve everybody as I'm told to. And I really feel like one day over the fall, God was like, okay, what do you want to do? It's like, I just want to love my family and serve my church. He's like, I, okay. It's like good, pure, convicted motivation. And that was, the way was paid for that. 
So I feel like when you act not in a selfish way, in a way that's godly, that's good, God-glorifying, there's just so much freedom in there. I wish I could explain that better. Well, am, am I airing somewhere, Darren? No, because as you're talking about, you know, having the, the right and good motivation to lead your family well, the, the battle of the spirit and the flesh is still there where you're like, man, for weeks I've been striving. I wish just once I... And then you fill in the blank. And that battle's still there. However, here's where the difference comes in, talking about that goodness. Um, if you are not a Christian without the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, you will go to the selfish side. You just, you will have the selfish motivations. You are a slave like, to the what sin. what do I get out of this? Yes. And that's how we would approach everything from career to school to family, everything. Yeah, because you, you have no choice in that. You are going to go towards the selfish side. You as a Christian, when that thought pops up, man, I have really been leading well the last few months. Why can't I just... And in that moment... You, because of the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit, are able to not be a slave to that sin. You are able to be a slave to righteousness and move towards righteousness by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And so you talk about goodness. Um, It is a freeing thing. You and I talked about this recently. It is a freeing thing when we realize, man, there is just no goodness in us. We were talking about this morning at breakfast. Yeah, there's just no good in me apart from Christ, which then makes his sacrifice on the cross so much more real Mm -hmm. because there is nothing redeemable in me. Mm -hmm. And yet he goes, oh, no, I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to make you redeemable. I'm going to make you good. I'm going to make you righteous. And it's all him. It's not me. And so that goodness, it doesn't stack up to Jesus, even though I, 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 you know, I look pretty I mean, good compared to some other people, I mean. you know. But we always find people in our lives we Sorry, that don't. was a very annoying sound. <laughs> <laughs> but we always stack up well against other people, and that's where we find our goodness but when we stack up against Christ, all of a sudden we start to be faced with the reality of who we are. You said it a few, let's see, a few summers ago, we were doing a podcast about liberty, and you said a phrase, I can't quote you word for word, but to paraphrase, you were like, we are now free to, cho- to choose to serve. So if I think about you know, me as a husband and as a dad on Saturdays, Everybody's home. It's kind of chill. It's like, all right, my priority in life, number one priority, is my family. I know that. Serve them. Like, assert work for my family. And if that means I have to get a nine-to-five job, I mean, just what, whatever that looks like for me and my family, serve my family. So I wake up on a Saturday. It's like, all right, what is best for my family? Well, I need to spend more time with Ruthie. Jesse needs to spend more time with Rowan. So we'll split up in the morning, and then that afternoon we'll go on a walk. And then i got to get work done for the family. It's like, Hold it's on. like serve. Hold on. Basically, I'm saying I get a blank page of like, well, how do you, you will serve your family. How do you want to do it? Yeah, but you need to spend more time with Rowan on a Saturday morning, but man, the house is a wreck. What is best for my family? If they need me, if I'm needed more to help Jesse out with chores, do that. Oh, but take a break on that morning. But listen, 
the yard needs mowed. That's my own thing. That affects only me. Nobody cares but me. So, so I, you're making my point, man. Yeah. When you say you wake up, and but I think, but that's does that make the, sense? That's the freedom yeah. I have. It's like I can my my responsibility as a husband, dad, as a disciple of Christ. Number one, love, serve Jesse with all I have. Love, serve my family, meet their spiritual, physical, all the needs that I'm capable of. Trusting in God with the results. So it's like, now, how do I want to do that? I'm free to choose. Like God, it will be like that act of faith is not something that's natural to me. Because <laughs> natural to me, it would be like, all right, Saturday morning, got a new Xbox, which I did. Here we go, baby. It's like it's just not fun anymore. But you know what, though, and and I do want to encourage people in this. Um, it, it's kind of like okay, so our our boys, all of us, even Lincoln, all four of my boys and me. And Kelly even sits there and watches and kind of has fun with it. We're doing what's called the 100-Day Challenge, where every night, right before we go to bed, we see how many push-ups and sit-ups we can do. And we have a little, I've got a little journal that I'm logging everybody's, you know, progress in. And shout out to Gavin, by the way. Dude's been working. You can tell. I told him on Sunday. I was like, keep it up. Keep it up, Gavin. So he maxed out sit-ups over 100. Like, my max in sit-ups so far has been, like, 25. <laughs> but my max in sit-ups and push-ups since we started, which was a little over two weeks ago, my max in push-ups and sit-ups has doubled. Okay? Why? It's because we consistently have been working and continuing. So they're becoming. Where I maxed out the first day, I blow past that. Now, the first day, I barely got that. But now I blow past that. So as you wake up each day going, how can I serve my family today? Okay. As you consistently submit to that, not that every day is easy to do that, but it becomes easier to let go of yourself and do that. So I love watching sports. I love watching basketball. I love watching baseball. I have, again, I have football. Um, so I love watching sports. But, you know, I don't watch much anymore because I would rather sit there with the whole family and watch a show the whole family would like to watch. Would I rather watch the NCAA tournament? Uh, I'd, I'd rather watch that selfishly. Yeah, St. Peter's, I mean, duh. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to watch. But if I can turn on you know, a, a show on Disney or, or we can watch something. The whole family said, I'd rather be with them. It becomes easier to let go of things that would rather be my preference as I continue to love them more. And those are, those are good actions. Like good is produced from that self-denial and love, loving service to, to those. And yeah, just to try to make someone like see that, understand that, because if someone's listening from the outside, they're like, "Wait, you mean literally a hundred percent of my life? I've got to like give it up?" It's like, "Yeah, but oh my gosh, what you get on the other side? You you know, I don't play games, video games as much as I used to, as much as I would probably prefer, but it's so much better. The thirty minutes I get every few days to play whatever is so much better than you know the three hours I would play a day otherwise. It's just, and and that's that's kind of where I would like to end talking about that. So. We we do teach total depravity, 
that yeah, human nature 100%, 100% is not good. Capable of some good, but it's not godly good. We yeah, Even our nothing. best work, our best actions, there is some selfish something in it. 100%. We are, un- in- we are incapable of in- earning our way into God's good graces. We can't do it. We got nothing. So that's just us. And I... You know, and that bums some people out. They're like, wait, so every everything about me is bad, but in Christ, if if the righteousness of Jesus is in me because of the Holy Spirit, yeah, good's produced. I can't take credit for it. Any success my family has or any success the grassroots has, I can't be like, oh, well, it was me. You're lucky. It's like, look, if anything good was produced, that was God. I I was just here for the ride. But that's the encouraging And I part. get to stand on the sideline and cheer, I feel like. To be used, but to not feel like I'm the object of attention. I'm just sitting on the sideline, like, cheering on my team. But that's the encouraging part. Like, if it bumps people out, you mean there's nothing good in me? No. And God didn't leave you that way. Yeah, he can fix things. Yeah, like, he didn't just go, nothing good left in you. I'm out. Like, he steps in. And that's what the one thought I had is it, since closing off here is – what is God's ultimate goal? First, it's his glory. That's his ultimate goal, and it's because he deserves it. He's the only one that deserves it. And because his glory, it's also our good. For him to receive glory is good for us. Yeah, it says we're co-heirs. Yeah. Matter of fact, tonight in small group, we're talking about Revelation 4, 4 and 5, and it's just describing this awesome scene in God's throne room. It's talking about the Trinity like the glory of the Trinity, the glorious triune God. Um, but it was talking about the the lamb that was worthy of opening up the seal. But anyway, the slaughtered lamb shares his seat on the throne with us. Fellow heir. That is unreal. Uh, we're the, it's going out today. The Grassroots Institute doctrine session in the Apostles' Creed is on Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. And that's one of the things is joint heirs with Christ. And so, yeah, so God's glory and and our good. And I think that's why in this list of the fruits of the Spirit, because you and I have talked about it, it's not just what it is, but why it matters. And, <laughs> but why it is. Yeah, the what is what goodness is. It's godliness. It is uh, what is beneficial for God's glory and our good. Um, and why it matters to God is when we are producing goodness, that is godliness, that means we are producing for his glory and for the good of the body. Yeah, so you just get to enjoy God's goodness. That's what I'm saying. I feel like so much of my Christian life now, yeah, I know I'm being used. I'm not trying to be the center of everything, but I'm on the sideline cheering as all this good is happening. It's like, yay, no pressure at all. Except for you, listener. There's a lot of pressure on you. I mean, if you do not dramatically change your life after listening to this perfect book. <laughs> I'm kidding. If anybody ever needs anything, please reach out. You can hit us up on social media. Call me if you ever want. Hope this podcast was a blessing to you. Give us your feedback, please. Until then, see you.